Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome and today we go to Nova Scotia to meet Liam O'Rourke from Larchwood, Canada. So welcome, Liam. Thanks so much for having me today, Peter. So your company was part of the Social Innovation World Forum. How did you ever get involved yeah, in think, that? Uh, so uh, my, my involvement with the World Forum kind of uh, is in part due to my company uh, um, and uh, that I've just actually started working with uh, Large Food Canada, um, but more so to do with, uh, I think, the history that I have working within the social economy sector, um, uh, which uh, for me goes back about... I'd say about 15 years, um, I, I founded a social enterprise or co-founded a social enterprise in Montreal um, that uh, well, at the time on, I was... Hold on, uh, we're going to get into that. So <laughs> let, let's start Slow with down, your... young fella. Let's start with your academic career first. Where did you go to school? My academic career? Oh, well, that's when everyone finds out I have absolutely no academic uh, background in social enterprise or enterprise or anything. Um, so academically, I uh, well, I graduated high school. That was good. Um, I went on to university. Um, at the time, I was uh, I was pretty dead set on going to medical school. To be honest, uh, um, I studied kinesiology in school. Um, I did an honors in anatomy and neurobiology. Um, so, you know, just getting further and further away from uh, anything business related. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> a big part of that application process and uh, is uh, uh, volunteer work. Um, and that's really where um, I got my introduction into uh, uh at that point, it wasn't really social enterprise. It was just kind of the nonprofit sector. Um, so I started working with the Canadian Mental Health Association. Um, I worked with a number of different organizations in, in a volunteer capacity. Um, I ended up picking up a summer job um, at one point in my early 20s. Um, and uh, that was uh, running some social programming for uh, folks living with mental illness. Um, and anyway, all that sort of made me uh, reevaluate some things. So um, I had um, I had been lined up to do a master's degree in uh, anatomy and neurobiology, um, and I elected not to do that to get some more sort of life experience, just working and living in the nonprofit sector. Um, and uh, yeah, and then that led me to um, you know the application process and uh, uh, for medical schools, but at the same time, I was, uh, um, I don't know if you want me to keep going. That's kind of the end of my academics, uh, saying no to a master's degree. Well, Liam, what university did you go to? I went to Dalhousie in, uh, in Halifax. Okay. So your work experience, after university, where did you go to work? <laughs> Um, I worked uh, at a number of different places. So uh, I worked in the residential service sector, so supporting folks with intellectual disabilities. Um, at the same time, I was working uh, 
Um, I continued work with the uh, Mental Health Association, just doing some social programming with them. Um, and then on top of that, I was doing uh, night shifts with uh, um, in uh, it was it was what would, would have been called a last resort shelter. Um, so uh, it was a shelter that was only open during the winter months, um, supporting folks with addictions issues that uh, or issues that would have prevented them from uh, um, finding shelter in, in sort of the standard offerings that were around at that time. Um, and that's uh, that was my very early career. Um, and then my partner um, got accepted into a program in Montreal, um, which brought me to that province. Um, and at that point, I actually really struggled to find work because I didn't speak French fluently at that point. Um, and I wound up working um, supporting youth on the autism spectrum in the school system um, uh, up in Montreal. And through that is kind of where I um, cut my teeth in social enterprise. So. Um, uh, we'd get laid off in the summertime in that, um, in that job. Uh, so that gave me a couple of months of the year where we could just kind of play around with different ideas. And one of the ideas that we had was, uh, um, just exploring media creation and, and video production with, uh, with autistic youth. Um, and that was, uh, so that in its first iteration was a, uh, a, a summer camp, um, and uh, a, but a very successful summer camp. Like it was pretty clear that uh, we had kind of hit something that uh, really connected with that population. Um, and then over the course of ten years, myself and um, the gentleman that I started that company with, which is called uh, Spectrum Productions, um, uh, we grew that into, I mean, a robust summer camp. Uh, and then also a production company and uh, day programming, uh, school support. Uh, you know, we offered, I mean, at this point, they, they continue to offer, I think, 10 to 12 different programs are partnered with, you know, they're doing fantastic work all across the country. Um, I know they actually just sent a map out to me. I'm still on the board of directors of that, that group. Um, and I mean, we've got, we've got people all over North America and South America at this point that they're, they're providing support to. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that was really my, uh, um, uh, my introduction to social enterprise. I know myself, the gentleman's name that I started that with was Dan Tenveen, um, great guy that I still stay in touch with. Um, uh, we did a presentation at McGill, um, uh, probably about six years in <clears throat> to, uh, after having started that, um, that organization. And we jokingly said, uh, um, it was I, the the title of that presentation was uh, how not to start a nonprofit. Um, uh, the the side uh, side side title for that presentation was uh, an MBA uh, in ten short years. Because um, uh, I, I mean, we certainly learned a lot by bootstrapping a company from the ground up with you know at that point very little resources. Um, uh, but uh, we succeeded, and uh, that that place continues to flourish. And then. From that, I, I moved back to Nova Scotia um, to take on a, uh, um, a fairly large charitable organization uh, that has a, a significant social enterprise um, component to it in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, called Lake City Works, um, working with them uh, over the course of about four years. Um, did, did really well with that organization, had a ton of fun, great team there, um, was sad to, sad to leave them behind, but... Uh, 
um, I'm thrilled to still uh, um, play a role with them on, on a few projects that uh, I played a big role in getting off the ground. So some of the things that we did there, um, some of the new things we did there were just getting our foot into the affordable housing sector. Um, and because uh, I, I see that as kind of um, in terms of the social economy, I, I think, uh, you know, tr trying to crack the nut of some of these larger um, uh larger industries um, and, and include, uh, you know, social enterprise models within that as a solution to those, uh, those, those issues, uh, pretty critical um, uh, to the growth of one, the social enterprise sector, but also, um, you know, if we really want to tackle these problems, I think uh, the, uh, the driving force between behind tackling problems needs to be, uh, um, you know, the, the attempt to solve the problem, not just to generate profit. I mean, I I, I proudly um, um, have operated all of the, the companies and uh, social enterprises that I've uh, um, played a part in, uh, in a way that generates revenue that allows expansion and uh, and and allows for us to tackle other problems. Um, uh, but I think. Yeah, that 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 little piece there, which is uh, you know the why why businesses operate, is uh, um, is a uh, I think a pretty critical thing. And so if we can start tying uh, purpose-led organizations uh, into some of these more significant problems, um, then uh, I think well I'd, I'd be a lot more hopeful for the world if that was that was the case. Um, I know like affordable housing is one that's really top of mind for me at the moment. And uh, um, with, there's a lot of money floating around at this point um, in that sector. And uh, as soon as the money starts to flow, uh, the, the really big guys uh, and gals um, jump into the, the mix and that can really shadow out the opportunities for some of, uh, I mean, there, there aren't very many large social enterprises that have the capacity to, jump into um, things like construction and I uh, I'd really I'd really be excited to see that continue to grow so so how did Larchwood Canada come about uh, well Larchwood Canada came about it was actually just a, a flooring company um, in the early 90s um, and uh, it was purchased uh, by uh, the, the owner of, of Larchwood um, and he and the team that he was working with um, uh, came up with the idea that, uh, you know, from a, a rural economic development standpoint, we needed to come up with a product that um, added sufficient value um, uh, to, to justify, you know, the manufacturing facility we have here. Um, and that was a cutting board. So I'm actually, I've got a bunch of them behind me here, so I'll show you one. Um, uh, I don't know if that gives you much idea, but... You can check them out further on our website. Um, anyway, it's a beautiful end grain cutting board. And uh, um, what kind of drew me to, to this organization was one, it's, uh, well, it's in an area of the world that is very dear to me. Um, my partner's family is uh, from the Marguerite Valley, which is one of the most beautiful spots on earth, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, um, and they had a great business here that, um, you know, the, it is a for-profit uh, structure, um, but the, the intent of Larchwood is, is a lot bigger than that. Um, so from its, from its onset, um, one of the things uh, that was, the, you know, part of the, the, um, the origin story of, of Larchwood was that 
uh, larch, juniper, tamarack, uh, these are all kind of sort of common names for it, um, is a wood that would typically not be considered sort of valuable. Um, uh, oftentimes, uh, in any cutting situations, it would have been actually left on the forest floor, um, which is, you know, there's a benefit to leaving wood behind. Um, it, you know, composts and, and feeds back into the forest. Um, but uh, we saw that as, as kind of a, a missed opportunity. Um, and so what we've been able to do is uh, to create a product out of this wood that was once thought of as um, not valuable, um, is specifically in this region. There are other areas where larch is used. Um, and, and turning that into a product that's, you know, creating a significant number of jobs. You know, we have 22 staff in a very small area of, of Canada. Um, and I think more importantly is that, uh, you know, we pay, um, we work directly with uh, the cutters here in our region and uh, we pay a very fair price uh, for that wood. Um, so higher, much higher than what anyone else would have typically paid for that. Um, so, you know, continuing to, to drive that, that part of the economy. Um, and I think, one of the things that also really interested me about this this spot was, you know, for a rural um, uh, small business, almost fifty percent of uh, the sales of our product are export. So we have we have great relationships, um, well, all throughout the U.S. Um, we have a significant market in uh, in Korea, in China, growing markets in Japan. Um, we do great business in Germany and France. Uh, so uh, this this small company in a rural region that's really got tentacles all over the world was something that was of, of great interest to me. Um, and also just knowing that the leadership, like the, the, the ownership, I should say, of, of the company, um, that their intent with this business is, is to make a beautiful product, first and foremost, um, to create employment in this region. Um, and uh, there's, there's a really a social um, good um, baked into what it is that we do here. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at now. And I'm, uh, I'm about a month and a half in and really enjoying myself. So that's not a bad place to be. So Liam, tell me about the team. You the have team? 20, yeah, you have 22 people that are work in the organization. Yeah. Um, so we have a small admin team, uh, myself included in that, uh, would be about three people there, um, uh, across, we have a few different retail outlets, uh, that we actually primarily use to sell our standard line. Um, uh, most of, most of the sales that we do are, are what we, do, we would call a premium board. Um, uh, and those are sold to wholesalers and, and customers all around the world. Um, uh, but then in the production of those premium boards, there's always a few boards that don't make the cut because our standards are so high. Um, and we sell those boards locally. Um, uh, and we have a kiosk here in Cape Breton. We also have another one in Wolfville, um, Nova Scotia, which is uh, close to another university called Acadia. Um, and uh, um, through those two locations, we have what? We would have four retail staff, um, five retail staff that would work there. And then the remainder of that would be uh, folks that work in the production of the boards. Um, and uh, I mean, we, we do, um, uh, I'd say, just trying to count up the, uh, the, the tenure, um, I'd say 
probably a hundred years experience uh, working with this organization that's only been around since the 90s. Um, so there's a lot of longevity and a lot of folks um, that really, really genuinely care about what it is that we're doing here. And I think uh, even within the community here, people are proud uh, of this product that, um, that really literally does sell all over the world. Like we'll often get folks that are from Marguerite um, that we collectively know it's a small community that will pop in and say they were at a gift shop when they were on vacation out in Calgary and they came across one of our cutting boards and they had this great conversation with the owner that, you know, that's the uh, a factory that's just down the, the hill from me and my niece works there or my uncle works there or whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, I think, it's something that the community collectively is proud proud to have here. So that's a, that's a good thing. So, Liam, when you talk about production, what do you mean by production? Are these people, is it an assembly line or is it, how, how does well, it work? It's, so, uh, the board specifically, so we, we start with a log. Um, like literally we, we, we purchase logs and those logs are actually milled down. We have a, we have a mill on site here at Larchwood. Um, so we have a couple of, a uh, couple of folks, uh, that operate our mill. Um, so they're taking, uh, you know, a log down into planks. Um, uh, we, you know, that there's some precision involved in that just so that we have a, an equal starting foot for uh, the next steps of production. Um, we kiln dry all of our uh, um, uh, wood on site, uh, which is very unique. You don't often have companies that really literally start at the beginning. Um, and then from that, uh, I mean, there's quite a number of steps in the process. Um, it's all been broken down. We're um, into about sort of three sort of production cells. Um, and <laughs> within those people sort of, I mean, people have defined jobs, but they float around, uh, you know, making sure that uh, the person next to them is well supported. Um, so essentially a board gets cut down into strips. It gets glued into uh, a panel of strips and then it gets cut down again into <laughs> strips of strips glued back together. Um, and through each step of this process, um, everyone is paying attention to uh, how things are aligned. So like one of our cut, any one of our cutting boards would be meticulously sequenced. Um, so, so that when, when everything gets glued back together into the board that you would see um, the, the grain lines and things of that nature are all going in the same direction. And that's how we get the beautiful patterns that our, our boards are quite well known for. Um, um, and then the finishing process, I mean, that's probably the most labor intensive, to be honest. Uh, there's quite a fair bit of sanding to get uh, a rough board uh, down to the, the, the finish that we desire, which is quite a magnificent finish. And then we finish all of that with, uh, um, uh, well, it's a house blend of uh, um, beeswax and mineral oil. Um, we also use beeswax and, uh, is it hemp seed oil? Uh, no, it's soy, um, uh, and that those would be our two finishes. So um, it's a it's a wonderful board. Um, and in recent years, we've actually started getting into a little bit of knifeware as well, um, just because it goes so well with the boards that we make. Um, and that's one of the things that's really helped our product shine. Um, Larch or Juniper is uh, is not a hardwood. Uh, definitively and not a softwood definitively. Um, uh, so it's in that, it, it's in that middle zone. Um, uh, and, 
with an end grain cutting board, when you cut into that wood, uh, um, it self seals. Um, it has antimicrobial properties, uh, and because it's it's hard, uh, it it has an incredible durability. But because it's a little softer than say like a maple, which we typically use for a cutting board. Um, it's a lot easier on your knife. Um, and so a lot of high end chefs and, uh, um, and then, you know, the home cook and things like that, that, you know, like really take pride in, um, you know, keeping their knives sharp and uh, maybe even purchasing decent knives to work with. Um, it, it protects those investments, I guess. So in three years from today, what's your vision of where the uh, company will be three years from today? I'd have to take more time to uh, <clears throat> to be able to answer that question. I uh, uh, I mean, I have I have thoughts about that, but putting that on paper or uh, on the internet, uh, I uh, I'm in the get to know you phase with the organization. Um, uh, we've got a great business, um, uh, but I don't know enough yet uh, to to give a uh, to give a clear strategic plan moving forward at this point. Um, okay, fireball. Yeah. Yeah. So in in terms of how do people find out about your cutting boards? What's the uh, website address? Uh that would be larchwoodcanada.com. Okay, that's pretty uh straightforward. Yeah, large being L A R C H. Um Larchwood Canada. Okay. Terrific. Well, you are definitely an entrepreneur. I uh, I definitely am. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And you also are a big supporter of social enterprise. Mm -hmm. And that's a great thing. So thank you you for uh, joining me this morning. Thanks for having me. And uh, we look forward to hearing much more in the press about what you're doing. Thank you very much. Sounds great. Thank you so much.